Hi, this is Ted Mormon, and you're listening to the Lake Forest Podcast. Welcome to the Lake Forest Podcast, a podcast about the lovely city of Lake Forest, featuring topics like local news, sports, music, people, food, and politics. My name is Pete, and I'm joined with the voice of the Lake Forest Scouts football and basketball, Scoo Walker. How you doing, Scoo? Good, Pete. How are you? A couple oh, more days till the big guy more- comes. Hopefully he doesn't get stuck in a chimney like me. <laughs> hey, we got a, we got <laughs> we got a special guest today, Ted Mormon, longtime District 115 school board member and part of last year's Let's Do Better campaign. But before we get to Ted, we got a sponsor of the show, Shark Guy Beach Fishing. They're the premier South Florida beach fishing experience on a longboat, Key, Florida. That's by Tampa, Scoo. They're mm-hmm. world-renowned captains. Not only put you on the fish, but they'll help you and your family make a memory of a lifetime. Check them out on Facebook or at sharkguybeachfishing.com to schedule an outing. Shark Guy is your guy for your next wow. charter. Like that. You the shark guy? Who's the shark I'm guy? Not, I'm not the shark guy. You have to go to sharkguy.com and figure it out. We'd also like to thank our Patreon supporters, Reverend Luke Back from the Church of the Holy Spirit, Matt A, Elizabeth B, <laughs> Costa, Lance, and Domo Origato Otto. Regato. I think he's our favorite. Ted Mormon, welcome to the show, my friend. Please give us your background for the new people who have just moved into town. Well, thank you, uh, Pete and Scoo. Good seeing you again. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yeah, you know, I was uh, born and raised in Lake Forest, went through Lake Forest Public Schools, uh, graduated with uh, Scoo's wife, actually, in 1990. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. Look at the aging people here. We'll edit that out in post when she's listening to us. Okay, I won't won't say a, a, a while ago. <laughs> nothing, nothing to see here, Pam. <laughs> Continue, we're, we're, we're all good. And went off to the uh, University of Illinois, then joined the Air Force and flew airplanes for 25 years with them. Joined the United Airlines and flew for, the, for them for uh, 25 years. And obviously, I'm not that old, so I was doing both at the same time as a reservist and a United pilot. Uh, live in Lake Forest, and uh, I'm glad to hear about our sponsor in Longboat because actually we have a house on Minnesota Key, which is just down the road a little bit. We're going to have to oh. check them out. Oh, that's right. Tell them Scoo sent you. No, better yet, tell them <laughs> Pam, Pam sent you over. So, 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 I, I'll so, do that. <laughs> so, Ted, number one, thank you for your service. Number Number two... Is it true you survived a plane crash? What is the story behind that, if it is true? That is true. Um, I quit flying in 2006 because uh, I was a passenger on an airplane going to Iraq. Somebody else was flying the airplane from Dover to uh, Spain, and then I was going to fly the plane um, from Spain down to Baghdad. Uh, We didn't make it that far because... um, you know, we crashed shortly after departure from Dover, the Air Force Base. And um, fortunately, 18 people on board, everyone survived. And um, I, I, I'd like to say I walked away, but actually I was airlifted away and have a spinal cord injury as a result. So, I, uh, but I'm happy to be alive. And, uh, you know, so I'm back Man. with you. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here. Yeah, you are a survivor, man. Seriously, thank you for your service, Ted. Glad, glad you're here, man. So, so Ted, you're a real estate guy too, huh? Uh, yeah, actually, um, when I ended up with more free time when I wasn't flying, um, you know, I had always been dabbling in real estate, buying houses, and you know, turning around and leasing. So, got. A uh, number of houses in Lake Forest and Lake Bluff, and actually also down in, uh, like I said, Minnesota Key that we rent as well. Uh, you know, Gulffront, uh, beautiful living down there. And like I said, we come back now for 
the holidays to be with the kids and grandkids. And uh, but I think more and more we're becoming Floridians. And six, six months in a day, a right, world. Ted? Pardon me. Six months that's, in a day. That's a, see, that's a fact. <laughs> and you got proof. Everyone's yeah. becoming Floridians. Yeah. It, well, it's uh, it's really so different down there. You know, we just flew back and, uh, you know, Susan, my wife, sent me to Sunset to pick some stuff up. And I walk in the store and everybody's looking at me and I realize everybody's got a mask on except me. Because in Florida, you don't yep. wear masks and uh, there doesn't seem to be a problem. And all of a sudden I'm realized, oh, my, you know, I'm a pariah. So I had to go to the service <laughs> desk and get a mask. And then they let me into the enclave of Sunset Foods. So, so Ted, speaking of Pariah, my first experience with you was a member, um, a member of the uh, "Let's Do Better" campaign when I was on the caucus. You were the you were the evil doers. Oh yeah, let um, let me tell you about it. Yeah, when you <laughs> go against the caucus, you take your life in your own hands. Ted, Ted's a veteran of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, I, you know, I, I first ran. Um, well, well, first of all, you were on the school board 115 for eight years, right? You, you did the. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. And, and then thank you for staying awake for all the meetings. Well, yeah. Well, now it's uh, even worse. Everybody's sitting there wearing masks. And um, like I said, in uh, Florida, you get used to not wearing a mask and, you know, breathing yeah, yeah. fresh air. Um, so, so, so how did that work out? Because when you, uh, the let's do better, I think I was just one year into the caucus. I didn't know any better. I, you know, they asked me to pony up some money to put in the, uh, sign making funds. And, uh, you know, you, you guys and Lori Fitzgerald were the, you know, the, the dark force, the evil doers over there. We had to fight you and, I'm like, wait a minute, this dude's a, a vet and he's and he did the school board for, for eight years. How how can this guy be so bad? What uh what was going on back then? What should I have known? Well, actually when we start at the beginning. Okay, um, go. When I first ran in um I guess 2012, uh, against the caucus, and uh, yeah, I was the uh, the dark horse and uh, knocked off the caucus candidate, which they were not happy with. Um, but they threw everything at me, including the kitchen sink. I don't know if you know, but I was sued and um, had racked up a, almost a quarter million dollars in legal fees from the uh, one of the caucus-supported uh, candidates, or not candidates, but board members. Um, they didn't like what I had to say, but after a quarter million dollars spent in court, uh, by the way, I won the case. Um, it was just basically harassment. Um, what, what the hell and, did you say or you can't say? Well, no, I just said one of, um, you know, when they did the um, renovation of the high school the first time, uh, there were two people on the committee that were, you know, the selection committee for the contractor. And one person begged off because she didn't like uh, what was going on. So it ended up being a committee of one. And it just so happened her family's uh, business won the contract. But they didn't win it at first. Uh, they weren't low bidder, low qualified bidder. And then they yeah. um, stopped it and then reopened the contract. And uh, surprisingly, that business uh, came in just a few dollars underneath. So, what was, you know, the, what was the out. first, what was that renovation for? Uh, just for the high, you know, putting in the, the building cubes and, uh, you know, yeah. basically when they did, um, it was about, you know, the $50 million renovation, which right. uh, did some stuff, but it left, left a lot of necessary life safety stuff undone. So I kind of attacked them on it. And um, anyway, so I was got two, it, got it. <laughs> went on for two and years and I won. And the person that was suing me never showed up in court once. But uh, the family also has a law firm in the city, so I'll leave it at that. Sure. I don't want to okay. get sued again. 
Yeah. It, it keeps sounding like, a, I wonder if those board members are still there because it sure sounds like them. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, uh, I'm sorry. they're, they're all off the board. And, um, okay. Okay. But it's anyway, a resounding the, theme. <laughs> that, that, the last name is spelled W-A-L-K-E-R. <laughs> I'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. I, I, okay. I prefer to be anonymous. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we, Ted, we feel like the anonymous too, but there's so many people that listen that we don't know now. But they say, but, 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 but they <laughs> well, say they don't listen. They don't listen. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, good like you, I, Pam. You know, we're all kind of been around here forever, so right. You know, we know the real known, deal. Yeah. Well, and um, you know, I I ran for the board because um. Like it's after my accident, I, you know, I had a little more free time on my hands and, um, I, you know, I, I didn't like what was going on at school. So I, I had two choices, either just sit around like most people and bitch about it yep. or do something. So I, I was uh, stupid and decided to run against, you know, uh, so, or I should say Ted, for the school board, not against anything. So Ted, yeah. what that, that's, uh, you know, Obviously, you know this. We all know this now. That's a no-no to run against the caucus. But what was all entailed in your process to do that? Well, a, a lot of research. And at that time, uh, since it was a contested election, um, the League of Women Voters decided to have a meet the candidates thing at uh, Lake Forest Library. And, um, you know, I was all uh, boned up. I knew all, all the details and the facts and, you know, it's just, it kind of shown through that I knew what I was talking about. And the, one of the people I knocked off was uh, kind of clueless. And I shouldn't put it that way. Just what hadn't researched, didn't really know what the uh, issues were that were important, you know, in the uh, operation of the high school. So, um, Got it. Yeah. And you're one of the few that have run up against the caucus and won a spot. Yeah. And I, you know, running against the caucus is not for the faint of heart. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you uh, that much. Um, so anyway, then the second term, uh, the caucus said, you know, you know their feeling was, you know, um, if you can beat them, you might as well join them. And they asked me to run under the caucus banner, which, which I did, which is kind of funny, and, um, that, and that, that's hilarious. <laughs> you're yeah. you're good so, enough now, Ted. You're good enough now. Yeah, well, yeah. They, you're they you're the like, antichrist uh, a couple of years ago. Now you're great. <laughs> yeah, now I'm one of them, and I said, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. I mean, I'm doing this to for the betterment of the community. Not right. Didn't really care much, and you know, I I didn't think much of the caucus only because. Four years prior, they beat me up pretty bad. Right. But um, and it was interesting because then when I ran again under the caucus banner, I was the number one vote getter. <laughs> and then when I became the pariah again in the last election, um, <laughs> you know, I was the bottom vote getter because they threw everything at me. You know, I was accused of being a pervert and a pedophile, and you know, following kids on social media, which Oh, As you saw me getting on your call, um, I'm pretty <laughs> inept, and uh, I don't do social media, so, you know, um, and, you know, they did everything else. You know, my emails, my school emails for the last four years were FOIA'd, and, you know, they were just looking to dissect and, uh, you know, tear me apart. And, uh, yeah. oh, the interesting thing is, if you run against the caucus, they say you're, you're unvetted, and, you know, then they... Um, you're an unknown quantity. Well, it turns out they did two background checks on me uh, when I first ran, and to, you know, to dig up dirt. Fortunately, huh. I'm, I was pretty clean. So uh, the the one thing they did come up with is that it, they said I lied and uh, was a Phi Beta Kappa scholar at um, University of Illinois. And that was my mistake. I said I was, but I wasn't. It was actually... I was a Phi Beta Kappa scholar at Cal State uh, when I got my MBA. So it was actually a higher level. Shame, shame on you, Ted. 
Yeah, so when I pointed that out, then they it got quiet again. You know, it'd be interesting if they did background checks on the executive board of the caucus. I wonder what you would find. I was just gonna. Um, I was just gonna say that they do. Stuff. They do more um, vetting on they a don't... candidate that's that's running against the caucus, and they will. Well, vet. yeah, the anti-candidate. Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. They do less vetting of people to get on the caucus committee as well as the candidates. <laughs> as long as yeah. you agree with yeah, them, yeah, the candidate. I, I would tend to agree with that unbelievable and then they spend our money to do that yeah well you know part of the caucus um pete as you probably saw uh, you know the committee of 40 um and you know that makes up the caucus and, and the interesting thing is according to the caucus we're all members of the caucus because you know you're a resident so you get to be a member right. until you decide to run against their chosen <laughs> then all of a sudden you're you know, the evil. enemy that must be vilified. Evil. I've always said if you're going to run against a caucus, you have to be uh, well adept at what you're running for. And uh, obviously, Ted, you were. But for people thinking, you know, now maybe I want to run against them. What, what do you think, Ted, they need to do? Get Let's 30 grand to together. Well, I'm yeah, trying to get at that. What is, what's the all cost? Um. Well, out of, out of pocket, um, when I first ran, it was about 5000 and I was never comfortable raising money, so I raised about 2500 and then ponied up the rest on my own. Cause to me, it was easier to pay for it than, you know, grovel and ask other people for money. It, you know, it's just, um, I guess I'm not a really good politician, but, you know, just like in the military, you just want to get things done. Yeah. So... You know, that that was the goal. My goal wasn't to raise money and build a, you know, uh, some sort of team to go against the caucus. But again, um, caucus is, uh, we're all members until you step outside and then all of a sudden you are public enemy number one. Um, like I said. Or your Pete you know, Jansen. <laughs> <laughs> well, but well. again, seriously. You know, the people I ran with in the last, last election were all good people. And all would have, I think the school board would be better uh, served with uh, at least some of them getting on because every one of them was a smart person. And one of the problems with, um, I, I found even on the school board, and nothing against my fellow board members, because some of them, like Dave and uh, Tom Nemechis, and um, we're all good, but you know the board consistently was slammed by the admin with you know last-minute facts that we had to vote on in two minutes without doing any research, and you know that was basically standard. You know, uh, admin recommends board approves, and you see that yeah. in the meetings. You know, there's no dissent. You know, very little conversation because actually all the uh, decisions are made in the executive session before the board meeting. So the board meeting's really more, um, I hate to say fluff, but yeah, it's just kind of, uh, here's what we're, we're approving on everything because nothing um, gets disapproved, you know, in the open meeting. So, uh, you know, so, you know, I, I wish there was more debate and that we had a better process for um, you know, vetting issues before we had to vote on, I, I think would be my biggest uh, complaint. And uh, maybe they fixed it. I don't know because now I'm now I'm like everybody else on the outside and cold, so don't know what's going on anymore. So I'm not going to well, you anyone. Just going to they're all you, doing a great job. You you can run again, right? I know you did your full eight years, but. Well, I could, but uh, I'm going to be a Floridian, so <laughs> I'm not a res I won't be a resident. <laughs> hey, what so maybe I'll do, a, I'll you know, go be a muckraker down in Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Ted, you were uh, a couple months ago when they had all those crazy school board meetings and they canceled one and all that. Do you think the board handled that the right way? Uh, no, shutting down the meeting is not the right thing. I think you need to let people talk. 
and um, you know, open it, let them vent. It, and you know, if they have a legitimate issue, it should be heard. And you know, like Forrest, uh, I went to the next board meeting after that fiasco, and it was interesting because I was there to um, thank the board, especially the superintendent, because you know, the I'm also with the American Legion, and we put up. Um, a flagpole and an American flag in the back of uh, Deer Path School. So we had a ceremony and I, I was just going in to thank them. And I was kind of surprised to see, I think there were four officers standing in the background. And it's like, this is like Forrest, you know, you know and, you know, to have uh, armed protection for the board, I thought was uh, a little bit on the silly side. I just thought they had... Uh... You know, at least my opinion on when it's given the time for the public to speak. I mean, aren't the board members supposed to just zip it and not say anything and just let them speak that is on the next agenda um, item? It, it, it seems like exactly. they're taunting it, them more than anything. Yeah, it's not supposed to be a back and forth dialogue. It's, right. You know, people get the, you know, during public comment. Uh, Especially when they're timing up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we, you, you, you have it exactly right. We're not supposed to respond. It's a, a chance for the community to, uh, you know, speak their piece. And if they bring up good issues, then we'll take it under advisement. That's the way it's yeah, I just, supposed to I just, I just thought if they would have just kept quiet, it, the public would have spoke. They would have gone to the next thing. But it just this back and forth. People just started getting more heated and more heated. And it got, you know, I kind of blame the board yeah. for that. <laughs> they all, and, uh, rightly so. Like I said, the board's not supposed to respond. It's uh, the community opportunity to speak, and it's not supposed to be a back and forth. You know, so um, then I think, uh, like you said, you know, everybody should have had, had a chance to uh, say their piece, and then probably go on their way. Right. Well, people are pissed. Uh, these people that are getting on the school boards. Uh, and it gets down to the caucus and the selection process. What, who oversees the caucus, Ted? Like what, it's a private entity, but you know, the mayor receives these selections to approve, but if there's no repercussions for their actions, uh, should there be oversight? I, I, I feel there should be because when you, when you just said, I think it's the executive board, but, you know, five people, who, you know, make the decisions and, um, you know, recommend to the rest of the caucus. It's like, here, here's what we've decided on and here's people we're putting forth. And, you know, you talk about like city council, you know, uh, they, they get elected, you know, the aldermen and the same thing, but most of the boards and commissions are appointed positions. The, the only ones that aren't city council, and the two school boards, everybody else is appointed. And, you know, I'll point out that Falcons appointed um, representatives have done some really bad things over the years. You know, you know it's like when Bob Kiley was uh, charged with a crime for um, funneling 200000 to a lobby firm. Um, you know, the city wasn't involved in that at all. That was the state's attorney's office uh, through, you know, Waukegan. And then after uh, it was all said and done, the city council voted to pay his legal fees and he got to retire with his nice quarter million dollar retirement salary. You know, things like that are, you know, it, it's we weren't involved in uh, we shouldn't use taxpayer money to make him whole because he did do wrong, you know, and, uh, you, you know, the people in the fourth ward didn't want the third rail, uh, you know, set a rail track, which he, he was pushing and some business people were pushing because they were hoping to get an Amtrak stop in uh, Westlake Forest. But the uh, people in the fourth ward did not want it and opposed it vehemently. And then to find out they were paying for a lobby firm to push it, it's, you know, it's kind of reeks. And, and that's where, you know, any organization that is kind of a closed organization, which the caucus is, I mean, like I said, you got to, um, 
uh, have a tough skin to run against the caucus because they will try to bury you. Well, it's yeah, it, and it really should. I mean, if if no, they should. Know, it should be. I mean, if 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 there's a contested election, I always kind of have said that that's a frailty of the caucus since everyone in the city is a member of the caucus. If someone's running opposed to the caucus election, then that process was broken somewhere along the line. <laughs> Right. interview well, that, that person or bring them in and get them a fair shake. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think the caucus does good in getting volunteers and, you know, because there are a lot of boards and commissions, uh, you know, like the library board and, you know, um, all the other boards that if you can't sleep at night, you watch Channel 18 and get to see, um, you know, the various commissions run through their <laughs> meetings. That should you know preservation and uh, building you know building review, but um, and again the caucus does a great job of finding people, uh, vetting them, and nominating them to be on board. But I think it should stop there. They shouldn't become a political arm, and that's what they do um, because Pete, um, as you know, when they. Uh, decide on their candidates and then it gets contested, uh, all 40 people in the uh, caucus are supposed to get 40 people and which, you know, 1600 people to vote for the caucus candidates to, you know, freeze out the interlopers. And really most of our elections, um, winning candidates have around 1600 votes. So that's what it was in the school boards. So basically they try to uh, jam through their candidate, and they also have these snowbird addresses for the uh, all the elderly snowbirds that are down in Florida who vote remotely. And you know, they just they're told, "Hey, vote for the caucus candidate." The other people are scary. And like I said, the four people that ran on the Let's Do Better were all really good people and solid citizens of uh, the community, and they didn't deserve the. Uh, the trashing they got. But, so Ted, who do you think's running the caucus? Because it's the president comes from being the past vice president. Is there something besides? Right. Be, just a, yeah, it's just a chain. Be, they all move up and, uh, you know, they take their turn. Uh, so it's really the executive board that runs the caucus. And um, basically, you become an insider. You know, you're an insider, and then you, that's when you get to. Um, move move up into the caucus uh, hierarchy and you know it's politics you know yeah in the okay. early days it was just the Wednesday club guy sitting around smoking cigars and, 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 it and it seems like lately the exec committee on the caucuses somehow these people when they come off they end up on some nice boards and commissions yeah let's um i'm not gonna say uh Somebody that was a senior member of the caucus is now on the school board, and I like them, but so I'm not going to say anything bad. But yeah, it is. You 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 pay your dues in the caucus, then you get you know basically whatever um, you know social job uh, you, yeah. you want in the community. Well, it's a lot um, easier for an exec person to get on a committee than it is for a regular caucus committee person. <laughs> I yeah, got my point. Well, it, and I think that, that you found, that's why you uh, got a big strive for to be on the exec council. <laughs> if you have a <laughs> if you have a board or commission aspiration, it, yeah, and then you then you wield power and you get you know get to go to cocktail parties and you know have a good time. But Peter, you found uh, um, you can run a muck in the comp, you know in the uh, caucus hierarchy, and uh, next thing you know, you're on the outs. Well, and, it's you can be on the outs. But especially with the what's going on now, when the whole thing about the caucus is there's not supposed to be an agenda. And when the executive, <laughs> yeah, when you have the executive, the president and the vice president saying, hey, all things being equal, we got to select a female because we have a female coming off. We need a female coming in. You have the male who, in my opinion, did a far superior job in the interview 
gets gets tossed because of his gender, that's when it's like, okay, that's there's gotta go. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So it's not um, who's best, it's uh, who's connected or who fits, um, you know, a certain window, or uh, which is really unfortunate because, you know, some of these uh, boards, like the high school board, you know, we, we wielded a $50 million annual budget. So, you know, they can do a, do a lot of good and they can also squander a lot of money, you know, and sometimes, you know, they do, which, you know, like, look at West Campus. That turned out to be a white elephant. And um, back in the day, you know, it was only used as a high school for a few years. And it was actually built by a company that you know, usually prison. built prisons. <laughs> and, and it looks like a prison. And it didn't, it didn't last long. Now, then when now, the, hold on, Ted. For the new people that that tune in or just moved in the area, are you, are you talking about like that glassy area on the high school, or what? What are no, you guys West talking campus, about? No, where the football West, West field. Campus, where okay. the football field. Okay. We, went, we went to school there, freshman <laughs> yeah, sophomore yeah. year. Yes, we did. It was uh, it was like a prison with little windows and. <laughs> okay. But uh, so how did yeah, so like yeah. how did they squander money? I you know, educate me. Well, they, they did it by building it in the first place because they thought there was all this growth in Lake Forest, but actually doing the research, um, you know, we, we had a peak in enrollment and then it was going to be going down. And that's why all the kids were able to go back to East Campus. And originally the high school board was looking at uh, knocking down West Campus, but um, it, was, it was too expensive to uh, knock it down. So they tried to re reuse, you know, find a reuse and, you know, most of the, uh, you know, so now the administration for E-115 and E-67 are there. And then the downstairs used to be a, a theater company. And there's also um, the special ed group leases at the building. And then we have all of our sports, uh, you know, we have a gymnasium weightlifting room and then of course you know the ball fields tennis courts and and of course under the lights are you know beautiful football fields without a track <laughs> forgot about without that. a track that's why well, I, I, I couldn't believe it didn't have a track when uh hey Pete, that's they, what they call it squandering money is every high, high school has turf and a track we forgot the track <laughs> yeah we, well we did well we left it at east campus um, so yeah, and, um, when we, you know, we just, right before I left, we, they were worried that the, um, the, uh, field wasn't going to pass the bounce test and would have to be replaced. So, you know, kids don't get concussions. Uh, they did the bounce test and, and determined it, it had four to five years left, but we spent $600,000, uh, ripping it out and replacing it anyway, because. Hey, you know, it's uh, you know, the up. money was programmed, so let's do it. But that that yeah. would have been the time to put in the track when you're yeah. ripping out the turf, and all you got to do is move out, uh, you know, the one, um, you know, the visitors stands, uh, you know, back a little bit. And it would have been easy to do. But so, yeah, so why did that? Why, why did that happen? Like, with all the scrutiny they have now over. This new artificial turf, you know, we're worried about water bottles and stuff. You know, they they couldn't figure out they needed a track back then. Like, what is there what a someone running? I think it was there's a superintendent running everything they wanted. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They had X number of dollars and they, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, you build an airplane that, well, we can't afford to put engines on it, but we got yeah, the guy, the guy running it at the time wasn't too uh, <laughs> sharp. <laughs> And, uh, well, he you know, it's for like, himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the, there's issues with the um, swimming pool. Um, a little short, not, isn't it? <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's a few feet short to be a regulation um, IHSA competitive pool. That was that, and again, that was one of the main goals of the pool and the natatorium being built was to host 
IHSA events, but oops, oops. not well, yeah, big enough. No, well, you know, just those cheap lake foresters and lake bluffers and millwooders need to pony up more money next time. <laughs> <Right>. It's their <laughs> fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Ted, is right. <laughs> we, I mean, we, we've pointed a lot of fingers here. How do we, how do we fix this stuff? You know, eighty-six years well, of the same crap. It's it's like people are are complaining, but yet not a lot of people want to do something about it. Again, yeah. uh, I I want a vibrant downtown, but I don't want to vote for anything that will bring more people into the area because you know it's going to screw up my um, my property. Blah blah blah. Well, don't get me started on that because you look at um, that's why we got John here, Ted. Come on, Ted. Get this started. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, we'll start with uh, McDonald's when uh, you know McDonald's uh, forced the city to spend a half a million dollars in legal fees trying to keep them out of where Burger King ended up going. Um, and it was interesting. You, and uh, Scoo, you probably remember uh, Steve Yastro. I don't like dropping names, but his dad was chief corporate counsel for McDonald's. And I happened to be on an airplane uh, flying back with him. We we're, were both sitting in first class. And that, yeah, I brought it up. And he said, well, like Forrest has said, uh, if if we put in the McDonald's, it's just going to be um, a magnet for gang crime problems and trash. And the city was going to try and keep it out. And he goes, we had unlimited funds. We weren't going to let it happen. And so the city spent half a million dollars trying to keep them out. And, you know, finally, you know, being put in a Burger King. <laughs> yeah, they put in a Burger King. But you see it also with um, Whole Foods wanted to go out on 60. And the city, you know, had so many restrictions that they finally said, the heck with it and moved to Vernon Hills. Right. Uh, More know, tax revenue gone. You know, <laughs> and, yeah, and then uh, Costco, you know, tried to go where the city services building is which is why the city services building was put where it is, was to keep uh, Costco out. That's kind of ironic. Yeah, now (laughs) Metallo gets uh, $2 million plus in sales tax revenue and Lake Forest pleads uh, poverty. Don't forget about the gas station and car wash. (laughs) Yeah, but we got that. And it's funny that you speak of gas stations, that's one of the things they said about uh, Costco, if, you know, their gas station being right next to Wetlands is good, is a, you know, the Exxon Valdez waiting to happen. Never mind that the city has a gas station out there to service all their vehicles. And, you know, it's horribly <laughs> inefficient. Casey Urlacher, stop laughing at us. <laughs> well, loving it. okay. And I got one more question about the what next? city services. Yeah, come on. Okay, well, the city services, you know, I know a lot of the guys that work, you know, like the, the um, got, you know, the city tr- trash uh, guys yeah. uh, lose about an hour of productivity every day just driving from their facility to get to, like, the east side of Lake Forest. Um, and it used to be when they were on Laurel, you know, the guys driving the, the lawns and tractors. They would just drive the tractor on the city streets to get to West Park, South Park, wherever. And right. now all that equipment isn't allowed on 60, so it's all going to be trailered. So the city had to buy a bunch of trucks and trailers. And again, it's so inefficient. It, yeah, and they don't use that equipment anyways because they don't maintain the fields. That's why we're getting turf fields. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, like even uh, where I live, my cul-de-sac is, um, you know, the city talked about how, oh, look, you know, we have less people working and we're more productive. Well, you look at my cul-de-sac, it's uh, cut every week by Mariani during the summer under contract with the city. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of contractual things that they don't mention. But if you get into, have you looked at your uh, water bills lately? Yeah. Don't want to. And, um, well, and I, I noticed it because I do have a lot of rentals, but actually I just happen to have one right here. Um, <laughs> on your water bill, that used to be water. 
now has police and fire pension, which used to be $10, is now $20. Refuse collection, which used to be just part of your property taxes, is now $36, and it started at $12, and then went to $24, now $36. And the water customer charge, which didn't used to exist, is now $50. Oh, crap. Uh, I thought I just had a, a water leak in my house somewhere no it's like so anyway i'm looking at the, my last water bill right here which is 171 dollars and only about There's 20 nothing. water well yeah and it's like wait isn't most of that stuff covered under your property taxes you know what's the city do with that money how do we fix this stuff ted now move to florida get, uh, yeah, you move to Florida and just give up. <laughs> no, <laughs> seriously, I, I think you get, um, you know, the caucus should do what it was originally meant to do, which was to, um, you know, find people and recommend them to boards, but not to, you know, politic for them and become a part. They are hyper partisan. And um, if you run against them, you know, plan on being in a big fight. Because uh, it is almost scary how they will, you know, dump on you and, and uh, tear you apart. It's just kind of funny because it's, um, you know, it's all about volunteerism because that's what these boards and commissions are so they say. filled with is volunteers. But yet those volunteers that raise their hand are the bad guys, I guess, because they don't ever get they somehow they didn't interview the right way. They, they didn't know so and so. But. That, that's the whole premise and what makes a successful board or commission is the people that want to do it. Because, Ted, I got to imagine when you're on the school board, uh, your packets were pretty large, I would bet. And you had to do a lot of legwork. Yeah. Well, they, they were, but unfortunately, they weren't big enough because, like I said, we had so much stuff just uh, dropped in our lap in the executive session right before we had to vote. I would much rather have had a big packet at you know, where you could do research and ask questions right. and, you know, call people out. And, but, you know, and again, that's, um, that's a board that we allowed it to happen. Right. And we, we shouldn't have, you know, we should have just said, you know, we're not, we're going to table it until we have time to, uh, you know, review and come to the right decision. And, you know, there right. were some, decisions made that weren't, you know, properly uh, thought out. Ted, why don't, there's, there's a bunch of recruiters in town. Why don't they just have one of them donate their time to uh, professionally interview these people for the positions or pay them something to do it versus, you know, dealing with people that aren't professionals at it, that you deal with this crap that that's going on. I know it's been, the clock has been around 86 years, but if, it, if they're just an HR team or a recruiting group, why don't you just actually get a recruiting group? Um, you know, that wouldn't be a bad idea. It, like I said, I think the caucus is well-intended and serves a useful purpose in identifying volunteers and, uh, you know, getting convincing people to run. But at the same time, when they go, okay, these, these are our chosen and we're going to, you know, fight like hell and be hyper-partisan and, you know, burn down uh, the people who run against them. Because like when I ran, um, they didn't have much to uh, throw at me, but I still got sued, um, you know, still had to fight, had to raise my own money to run against, you know, just buying those yard signs and, you know, uh, and just running around. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think Pete, your you answer your question a bit. Yeah, I, I think they, you know, it could be successful with it, but I think the whole part, part of the caucus system, and the, is the neighborhood type, you know, with the wards and all that. It's, it's you and I. Uh, this is an utopia caucus, but you and I are volunteering, want to help out, and want to help interview and put people on there. Yeah. Right. It's all means good. And it's, it's, it's you and I, we're the citizens. We're asking our citizen neighbors to be a part of it, but it's just that 
is gone, it seems like it's starting to slip away because it's now it's more political. And well, you know, it, it it's, it's not any, yeah, and it's not any longer, you know, like the, the first ward. It's just the people in the first ward, it, it's just not that anymore. And it's who can I get on there or how can I make myself better? And that's the sad part about where I think the caucus is going, where it should be more, you know, we all have one vote, we're citizens, and this is how our, our process is. And let's make the best of it and get the best people. But it's no longer let's get the best people. It's, let's get my buddy. Yeah. yeah. No, that's totally what it is. And it comes down to basically the caucus becomes a one-party system. And, you know, that's not democracy. You really yeah, want and I- and I and I guess I'd say, you know, what you're saying, Ted, is, you know, way back when it was the old on one see a boys club thing and all that. But there was less people in the community. And those people were typically the business people that knew everything worked well that way. You know, it, it was a smaller right. community as much as you want to say it's just, oh, it's country club type stuff. But those people were the ones that were running the company, running the town and which is fine. Now it's not like that. It's a good old, it's kind of a good old boy network, so to speak. No, it's, it's, it's a girl's but it's club. Not. Well, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's more of, you know, who do you know? Who do I know? How can we get our like people on here? And that's where I think it's, it's, it's fallen short. And it, again, I keep saying this, it's just the boards and commissions are a reflection of how well the caucus committee is doing when you have strife on boards and commissions. That's just a byproduct of not getting the right people. Or when you have contempt, that's a byproduct of not getting the right people. Because I got to tell you, Ted, I don't understand why you did such a great job as a a school board member for eight years. You know, if you can go back in the way back machine, why the hell and how the hell did you fall through the cracks of the caucus? (laughs) Yeah, well, again, it's... Yeah, what was uh, your interview process like? How did that, you know, if you can remember... Yeah, actually, when I interviewed the sec- for my second term as a caucus candidate, my interview was about two minutes. Right. In front of what the about your first and, uh, interview? Did you ever interview the first time you ran? No, because I, I didn't believe I needed their permission to uh, run. So I, I just said, you know, things are things are messed up and uh, I'm going to run as an individual, not as, you know. And right. the caucus, when you think about it, is a one-party system. Right. which that becomes, I think, an issue because they become so myopic in their, you know, thought processes. It's like our way or the highway. And as you alluded to, it becomes a good old boy or a good old, you know, girl network where, um, and a lot of people join the caucus as newbies in town. You know, you, you see the committee of 40 or whatever it is, and so many of them are just moved into Lake Forest, yep. and you know they use it as a social club to meet people, gain influence, and resume um, filler. History. And uh, really, Lake Forest has a lot of history, and you know, a lot of actually a lot of things that are buried that um, you know you only know uh, as school will tell you if uh, you've been around to you know live it and see it. So, uh, you know, I think uh, the caucus uh, still has a good role to play, but I think they've kind of lost their track. And actually, when I ran for my first term, uh, um, I don't want to mention names, but the caucus president at the time didn't like uh, the attacks they were doing. on me, And he was calling me in background going, hey, giving me heads up on stuff and go, hey, you know, watch out for this and that. Here's what they're saying. And uh so it's really so there are really good people in the caucus that believe in doing the right thing, and then again there are other people that like use it as a stepping stone for their you know own advancement within the community, yeah. whatever that is. I think it's it's time has run its course. Is just my two cents. Uh, maybe fifty years ago, but now it, it it's a bunch of wasted energy, and we're not getting the best people in in the in the positions. Right. Now we can talk about the AAA bond rating. That's all I hear all the time is bond rating, blah blah blah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, when you're in a rich community, you yeah, know, that comes. If you didn't have it, it'd be what the uh, heck, you know. 
Heck yeah. So I, I don't know. I, 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 if you can spend 10 million for artificial turf, you can spend 250 grand to get a professional recruiter in to find these people. And then how are you going to find these volunteers? Advertise it on the community website, the city page, right? We need these people for these positions. Right. Yeah. Well, so it's like the, um, you know, the, the, the mayor, you know, is normally selected from the aldermen. Um, you know, so again, it's the, the, the good old boy network and, and, you know, and they can do a lot of damage just looking the other way when you have a city manager who's, uh, you know, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to, for, to a lobbying firm when he doesn't have the right to spend more than 25000 without going before the board and uh, explaining himself. So, but nobody brought it up because they don't like, you know, to bring up stuff that's not good. They'd rather just talk about, like you said, the AAA bond rating. Yeah. So this, uh, is this, the, are you talking about the turf consultants, Ted? Or what are you talking about this consultant? Uh, the the train. consultant was uh, it, no, not a consultant. It was a lobbyist who was oh, okay, okay, okay. to get the third railroad track in the okay, board. Okay, got it. But yeah, that kind of thing. It's, and it's going against what the people's wishes, but apparently uh, some of the businesses out on 60, um, you know, the corporate headquarters were kind of were pushing for it. So it was really against the community and for these people who wanted to be able to pull in employees from, you know, Milwaukee and Milwaukee suburbs, as well as Chicago suburbs, if you had an Amtrak stop that could get people to the West train station, you know, quickly. And you even see it at the East train station where there's buses, you know, that take people out to Granger and to and from, you know, running shuttles. So it, it is effective if you want to get people on public transportation, but it's not worth uh, doing it against the will of the community when it makes a material impact on well, you, you know, talk about you talk about the will of the community. Yet, when there's a mayoral election, you get twenty seven hundred votes. I mean, it's politics only matters when it affects you, right, Ted? Uh, correct. Well, like right. I said, I, I ran because I thought things could be done better and yeah. more transparently. And and you, know, you won because you were like educated about it. You you took the time to look into stuff, and a lot of this, unfortunately, yeah, I, a lot of the I, I did. And just knowing the history of Lake Forest, you know, like the city hall building, um, the city council voted to tear that down oh, back in the uh, 80s. They wanted to build a really nice building there. And it was uh, just community outrage that uh, pulled it back from the brink of destruction. Right. And, you know, well, that's I, I the also, kind of history. also think, though, when, when there is an uncontested or a contested election, um, it is critical for whoever's running to be someone like you, whether they have a knowledge of the community lived here or what they're running for and understanding what they're running for. Cause a lot of these times, these contested elections, people are running cause they're like, well, I hate this person or whatever. And then they have no right. background in anything and they get crushed by the caucus. And then the caucus gets this, you know, pumped up chest attitude. Like, yeah, we won again. And it's like, you really didn't yeah. win because you, the person that ran had no clue what they were doing. Someone just, a bunch of people said, yeah, you know, Pete, you should run. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, no offense to Lori, but yeah. And it's yeah. like people like Ted, actually you won. And there's a reason you won because more people voted because they listened to him like, Hey, this guy makes sense. Let's put him on there. But yeah. I, I think that's where the caucus gets this false, um like like i said ch chest pumping like they all oh, they beat we always beat these contested elections and yeah not really when you have really a, a candidate that does really know what they're talking about you're not too successful right. at that that winning and then the, what they do is like hey ted you're on our side now <laughs> well yeah which was kind of funny but that, so i wasn't on their side then i was and then i wasn't but i even you, you better because you you're a resident <laughs> 
Well, yeah, I'm a member of the caucus, and uh, I can't find my caucus ring, but uh, <laughs> I guess I never had it. But in, like, even the let's, let's do better, a ring. Those, people, those people were good people, but they were painted as, you know, crazy loons that had an agenda. Right. Yeah. yeah, and actually they did have an agenda, just like I had an agenda, and the agenda was, let's do better, and the community can do better. Right. Yeah. The only people that won were the sign makers. No, yeah. And, uh, hey, I got so, some extra signs if you want to buy one. Oh my god! But I guess I guess Pete, when you have no, yeah, my wife makes for everything out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess Pete, when you say how do we fix it? It's been eighty-six years. Time for a change. Yeah, maybe it is, but in the interim, you know. Uh, I mean, the public has to understand what's going on and has to, if they want to volunteer, is to go to your ward chairman and say you want to be a part of it and and push the issue. And the people on the caucus committee, if you're not showing up to meetings, those people, that, that's the problem. You start knocking people off that aren't showing up to meetings because there's no, that defeats the whole thing, the whole purpose. So you, have all, push, you have an alderman meeting. Alderman meeting and you got a dozen people not showing up. That's just well, yeah, and that's the whole yeah. point. Is like you know, these, there's there's it's not the exec council, and then they're they're crazy in their own sense. But it's the 36 other people on the caucus that were voted by their peers to represent their ward to put and vet and vol uh, volunteers to be on boards and commissions. But when you can't have an interview because three of them are three of the nine people decide to show up, those people, a ward chair should be taking off those people that aren't showing up to meetings and then yeah. finding other people to get on there. And, and that's the but problem. We, but we can't find anybody to replace them. Well, everybody's replaceable, <laughs> as we find out. Well, yeah, well, well, Pete, yeah, here's the thing. Yeah, there, we can't find any because no one wants to go and do the legwork. That's my whole yeah. point is like, if yeah. you want to be a chairman of the ward, this is what you have to do. And if you want to be on a board or commission, you know, this is what you have to do. You, if you get a 25 page packet to review and ask questions before the meeting and you don't do it, you derail the meeting. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, no, and, no, that is so true. Again, and there's more people doing head. that than not. Yeah, I go back to my main premise, which is the caucus does a good job finding people to serve on board, but they like. uh, when it becomes a one-party system and you go against them, that's when you see the fangs and the claws come out and they become, you know, um, an overbearing power. And they do have a lot of power, which is Ted, unfortunate. Ted, right. Ted, check this out. You say one-party system. I looked at the voting records of the people, the 43 people in the caucus, okay? When you look at it as a whole, the regular caucus members, it, it leans Republican. The executive board, you know how many Republicans are on the executive board, Ted? I'm guessing about zero. Yeah, zero, okay? So you can say it's not political. Maybe that's a coincidence. I don't know, Ted. But Probably not. When... <laughs> It all comes down to who's picking the vice president because they turn into the president. You get that right. fixed. You do a background check, just like you would on Ted Mormon on the vice president today that's turning into the president. If it's good enough for Ted, it's good enough for the vice president. It's going to be the president. Yeah. Right. Well, I appreciate them doing a background check on me and finding nothing. <laughs> it, it just means Damn. I'm good to go. <laughs> but you know when i got my top secret clearance uh you know the fbi did a background check on me too and uh yeah funny know, they were okay with me yeah ted i think we got to bring you back on man you think you'll come back uh, on with us no i'd love to you guys are uh to chat with uh we're not bad we're not bad yeah no it's uh and you know well like i said Stu and i go way back and um um, and, I'm trying to catch know, up as well as as well as uh, Pam, Pam Christ Walker. And, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, she she wanted me to ask you two there. things, but uh, we'll wait till the, that show. Hey, hey, Ted, thanks for coming on the show today, man. We're going to bring you back. Okay, well, well, thank you. No, you guys are, and you know what? And I'll have my high tech uh, 
Perfect packing, social media stuff, uh, working better. Oh, high, high tech. Your high tech is good enough for us, Ted. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to the Lake Forest Podcast. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you'd like to hear about in the upcoming shows. Again, I'm Pete and can be reached at Pete at LakeForestPodcast.com. The link will be in the podcast notes. On behalf of my co-host, Scoo Walker. We thank you for listening, and we thank our Patreon sponsor, Shark Guy Beach Fishing. They're the premier South Florida beach fishing experience on a longboat, Key, Florida. They're world-renowned captains not only put you on the fish, but they'll help you and your family make a memory of a lifetime. Check them out on uh, Facebook or sharkguybeachfishing.com. Shark Guy is your guy. We'd also like to say thanks to our Patreon supporters, Reverend Luke Beck, from the Church of the Holy Spirit, Matt A., Elizabeth B., Costa Lance. Hey, if we don't talk to you all, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Domo Christmas. origato, Otto. <laughs> Cue the music. <laughs>